Breakups are often the symptom of problems in a relationship. My workbook series, The Knowledge, is focused on helping you change your life in four key areas. Retaining the information that I teach, personal growth, improving your relationships, and of course, reattracting your ex. Available now at AskCraig.net. Hi there, I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And today we're going to be looking at types of people you want to avoid when you're dating. Okay. Well, you really want to have a good picture of who you're getting in a relationship with and who that person is before you just jump into something. Because if you don't think about these things ahead of time, you're going to wind up choosing somebody that probably isn't going to be a good fit for you and going to wind up breaking your heart. You know, you don't want to spend all this time and energy investing into something or somebody that simply isn't going to be good for you in the long term. Right. And so the more you're aware of things ahead of time, the better off you're going to be when you're choosing somebody new. Of course, you want to consider these things when you're taking an ex back or looking back at an ex and thinking about whether they would be a good partner. So how many of these different examples do we have today? I think we have four or five. Okay. And they are on a slightly lighter note than they some are. of the other ones we have presented to you in recent memory. <laughs> um, but I thought you might find them amusing and even helpful. I think so. So we're going to start with some types. Different types. Different types. And we're going to start with overly romantic Ronald. Overly romantic Ronald. Right. He already feels like a narcissist. Always. Already. <laughs> Overly romantic Ronald's downfall is believing that love is enough reason on its own to marry someone. Is that true? Not true. Not true. Not true. Uh, romance can be a great part of a relationship and love is a key ingredient in a happy marriage. But without a bunch of other important things, it's simply not enough. The overly romantic person repeatedly ignores that little voice that tries to speak up when he and his girlfriend are fighting constantly, or when he seems to feel much worse about himself these days than he used to before the relationship. Shutting the voice down with thoughts like, everything happens for a reason, and the way we met couldn't have just been coincidence, and I'm totally in love with her, and that's all that matters. Now, so it's more of like a fantasy. It's really more of a fantasy. And you know. The romancing the yeah. idea of a yeah. fantasy. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's being overly romantic, which is refreshing in some ways, but you cannot shut down that little voice that we all have inside that tries to protect us. And I always get concerned when. People say everything happens for a reason, and the way we met um, couldn't have just been coincidence. So we were meant to be together. It's not so much that I make a decision, it's that I acknowledge that we were meant to be together, and honestly, that's not how it works. Mm -hmm. That's the overly romantic approach, okay? Um, and I'm totally in love with her, and that's all that matters. Mm -hmm. Once an overly romantic person believes he's found his soulmate, he stops questioning things, and he'll hang on to that belief all the way through his 50 years of unhappy marriage. 
Um, it seems to me there was something else we said about overly romantic Ronald, but there that is. And he doesn't pay any attention to the little voice and he ties the knot. Yep. Very sad for mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. Next we come to Fear Driven Frida. Fear Driven Frida? Yes. And I this, think I dated her. I think you did. <laughs> I think you did. Um, Fear Driven Frida is running um, and there's a guy chasing her and she's saying, somebody marry me. So Fear's, she's afraid of being alone. Fear is one of the worst possible decision makers when it comes to picking the right life partner. Unfortunately, the way society is set up, fear starts infecting all kinds of otherwise rational people, sometimes as early as their mid-twenties. Yeah. The types of fear our society and parents and friends inflict upon us, fear of being the last single friend, fear of being an older parent, sometimes just fear of being judged and talked about, mm -hmm. are the types that lead us to settle for a not-so-great partnership. The irony is that the only rational fear we should feel is the fear of spending the latter two-thirds of our lives unhappy with the wrong person. Yeah. Let them talk about you, let them say you're too old to be single, let them say all they want, but don't get with the wrong person. So a lot of people will start chasing yes. desperately, not yes. because they really love you, Right. or things about you, it's just that right. they are terrified of being alone. And I've talked to people that were in situations like this where they've had somebody chasing after them and they kept saying, no, this isn't right, no, this isn't right, yeah. no, this isn't right. right. And then that person who was only trying to satisfy their own needs says, I can't do this anymore, you won't give me what I want. And that person is like, at first relieved, but then they're like, oh, I think I love this person. I think I made a mistake, but maybe your gut was warning maybe you. Maybe your gut, yeah, and it is so important to li listen to your gut. Yep. And how many people do you know, I know many, who say, I don't want to go to this family gathering because all I hear is, when are you getting married? Yeah. And once they get married, I don't want to go to the family gathering because all I hear is, when, when are you going to have kids. children? Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, you know, enough already. Let people live their own lives. You don't have to, you know, tell them that there are deadlines and, you know, you're impatiently waiting. Mm -hmm. okay? All right. What's the third one? Okay. I especially like this one. This is externally influenced Ed. And there's a little, this has wonderful little stick figures. And there's a stick figure of Ed. And there's a little guy, which is his gut. And the little guy, which is his gut, is holding a little sign that says, no. <laughs> and other people... Uh, friends, relatives, you know, whoever else, are saying yes. And so in other words, everybody's pressuring you to be right. with this person, and yeah. you're like, something's not right here, and Ed, I shouldn't do it. And Ed is saying, sorry, there are more of them, and their signs are bigger. Okay? Externally influenced Ed lets other people play way too big a part in the life partner decision. Mm -hmm. The choosing of the partner is deeply personal, enormously complicated, different for everyone, and almost impossible to understand from the outside, yeah. no matter how well you know someone. As such, other people's opinions and preferences really have no place getting involved. Okay? Mm -hmm. So we all want, we want you to have friends and family and so forth, but you can't let them tell you what to do. No. Um, and I have people say, but all my friends say, it's not about them, it's about you. 
The saddest example of this is someone breaking up with a person who might have been the right life partner for them because of some kind of external pressure like religion or a different set of beliefs or mm -hmm. particular expectations from the family um, and all of those things. It can also happen the opposite way where everyone in someone's life is thrilled with this relationship because it looks great from the outside and even though it is not actually that great from the inside, yes. Ed listens to the others because their signs are bigger and overrules his little gut, the little guy with the hat, and ties the knot. Mm. I'm sorry, Ed. Probably a big mistake because everybody else made your decision. Yep. And that's why we talk about decisions probably more than you're interested in. <laughs> okay. true. We've uh, got to try and get you guys to learn this stuff yep. whether you want to hear it or not. <laughs> <laughs> we don't really mean that. We don't? Well. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> uh, we have two more. Next is Shallow Sharon. Shallow Sharon. Shallow Sharon. I think Sharon. I did a hundred of her. I think you did. <laughs> now here's Shallow Sharon. I don't know if I hold this up. Can they see it? No, they won't be um, able to. Here's a guy, a little stick figure guy standing there, and there's Sharon standing there. And he says, I love you, and she says, I love the concept of you. Shallow Sharon is more concerned with the on-paper description of her life partner than the inner personality beneath it. Mm -hmm. There are a bunch of boxes that she needs to have checked. Things like his height, his job prestige, his wealth level, his accomplishments, or maybe a novelty item like being foreign or having an, having an especially nice mustache. I mentioned him. Be, I me mentioned the mustache. In a before. different video, yeah. Yes. So that's shallow Sharon. And what's going to happen to her? Um, she's going to marry this guy and he's not going to have other characteristics that you need to have in a marriage and with somebody that you're going to spend that kind of time with. Mm -hmm. He may have all those lovely external qualities and he may have a, a driven personality to make money and a lovely resume, but the quality of her connection with her potential life partner when weighing things has not been taken into consideration. Yeah. What kind of a connection? Nice check marks, but what kind of a connection do we have? If you want a fun new term, a significant other whom you suspect was chosen more because of the boxes they checked than their personality underneath is called a Scantron boyfriend. Do you know, oh, do you know Scantron. what that means? What does that mean? Like a Scantron is like when you're in school and you have to take the test and you go down the bubbles, the bubble sheet. <laughs> okay. And so you got to match it up. I didn't know what a Scantron was, but I thought it was probably amusing and that Craig would know. Okay. Um, One more. Okay, so she's not going to be happy with the guy with the checkboxes. Alright, this is Selfish Stanley. And he's on his knees, this little stick figure Stanley. He's mm -hmm. on his knees and he's offering the girlfriend something. And he's saying, will you marry my needs? <laughs> okay. And they say there are three categories of needy guys. Um, the my way or the highway guy. I think we all know him, right? Mm -hmm. He can't handle sacrifice or compromise. Mm -hmm. um, he believes that his needs and desires and opinions are simply more important than yours. And you need not to get in his way in any big decision. In the end, you really don't want a legitimate partnership. You want to continue living the single life with somebody to keep you company. Okay, so that's my way of the highway. Mm -hmm. He's the main character in the sense of the main character in the film. The main character's tragic flaw 
is being massively self-absorbed. He wants a life partner who serves as both his therapist and his biggest admirer, but is mostly uninterested in returning either favor. Wow. Each night, he and his partner discuss their day, but 90% of the discussion centers on his day. I mm. bet you're not surprised to hear. After all, he's the main character of the relationship. The issue for him is that by being incapable of tearing himself away from his own personal world, he ends up with a sidekick as his life partner, which makes for a pretty boring 50 years. Okay? Yeah. All right. And then there's the needs-driven selfish person. Everyone has needs and everyone likes to be met. But problems arise when the meeting of needs, she cooks for me, he'll be a great father, she'll make a great wife, he's rich, she keeps me organized, he's great in bed, becomes the main grounds for choosing someone as a life partner. So yeah. they might have all those sort of titles. Those listed things are all great perks, but that's all they are, is perks. After a year of marriage, when the needs-driven person is now totally accustomed to having his or her needs met, um, and, one's, and it's no longer exciting, there better be a lot more good parts to the relationship he or she has chosen, or that person is in for a really dull ride, because they're mm -hmm. never going to be the main character. Exactly. You're just so, going to be like a background to their life. Yeah. And that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. So, we hope this was just kind of amusing for you to think yeah. about some of these qualities, and you may start to think of overly romantic Ronalds in your life, or yeah. uh, what would it selfish... Fear-driven Frida. Selfish Sharon, or... Shallow Sharon. Shallow. Externally influenced Ed. I especially like that. Mm -hmm. He listened to everybody in his life except his own little gut. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Shallow Sharon, um, who has the checklist um, of qualities you must have. And then Selfish Stanley says, will you marry my needs? That's right. I love, will you marry my needs? That's right. <laughs> All right. So, hopefully you guys enjoyed this one. Make sure that you subscribe to the channel and put a like on the video. And when you want to get our help personally, just go to my website, askcraig.net. Sign up for the coaching option that works best for you. I do email coaching and I do Skype. Margaret is also available for Skype coaching. I'll be happy to hear from you. I'm enjoying it. Just click on Margaret on the top of the website to talk with her. That's it for this video. I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And we will talk with you soon. I'm Craig Kenneth, a relationship coach and a psychotherapist. Every relationship is different, and every breakup is different. Work with me, and you'll get professional help on your situation. Just click on the link in the description below, or go to my website, AskCraig.net.